Hey guys, you're listening to Unconventional with your hosts Rod Javeri, Jirak Shah, and Dr. Samit Shah. Some things benefit from shocks. They thrive and grow when exposed to volatility, randomness, disorder, and stressors in love adventure, risk, and uncertainty. Yet, in spite of the ubiquity of the phenomenon, there is no word for the exact opposite of fragile. Let us call it anti-fragile. This is a quote from Nassim Taleb's Anti-Fragile, where he defines anti-fragility for us. And today, I want to discuss about anti-fragility. How can you become stronger from adversity, volatility, and failure? And yeah, I really want to know what holds us back from being anti-fragile and how we can build it. So my question to Samith and Chirag is, what does anti-fragility mean to you? Getting up when you're knocked down. <laughs> Absolutely. What about you, Chirag? Just mental toughness. Yeah. Mental toughness is one thing, right? For me, it's like really accepting failure, right? That's like super important. It's like really accepting failure and, and really lowing, you know, it's just like what Kanye said, right? Whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger is exactly what Summit said about just when you're knocked down, getting right back up. But I guess like it, it's really easier said than done. And what do you think are like, you know, holds us back from being anti-fragile in a way? I think, uh, you know, I think of anti-fragility, grit, as Shirak said, to be not exactly the same, but similar concepts. And I think one, uh, someone once told me that the key to instilling and developing grit is not only to face stressors and challenges in life, but when you do face those challenges, to have a supportive network and a healthy support system to help you overcome and move beyond that. Because I think sometimes stressors and challenges in life or setbacks can, can permanently leave you down and can be detrimental to your development. So there are, I think, support systems and other things around, your, around you in life that are really important to make sure that doesn't happen. Yeah, and I, mean, I think, you know, to that point, I guess, I mean, does that, help summit what you're saying does that help people feel more comfortable with failing i think i think not allowing yourself to fail or holding yourself back from failing i think i think that i think that's 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 a major issue and part of that may that part of that could be relieved by having that support structure by saying you know what i if i fail it's okay because i have the support structure summit what you were saying and and maybe that might be a a reason to allow people to fail more often. Um, I think, you know, one thing I do agree, Raj, more often you fail, the more you learn and obviously the greater chances you have to succeed. So I think, you know, that's, it's almost doing yourself a disservice. And I don't think it comes easy to allow yourself to fail, right? It takes emotional toughness, mental toughness, you know, sometimes even just physical toughness, whatever it might be in your situation. How do you like build that? And let's, let's get super raw, right? Like, I guarantee you, like all, like all three of us, like we don't really... Like, I'm sure we're not perfect in anti-fragility and we do become fragile, right? So can you like give an example of yourself that you kind of recognize where you are, you are kind of fragile and, and like kind of recognize it and what are you doing to like kind of work on it? Oh, I think just from a very superficial standpoint, I'll go with FOMO. You know, I, uh, yeah, there are little things in life that affect my mental stability sometimes. Sometimes it's 
you're missing out if people are doing something and I'm not there. It can be in social situations, family situations. You know, I think there are, are so many ways in which we let all of these things affect our mind and are to make us more fragile. Because it's not always just setbacks either, right? It's just how we perceive what's happening around us and in life. Yeah, for me, I mean, for me, I think it, it, it's confidence. I think a lot of times you've, you've perceived yourself as lacking confidence, but in reality, it could be because you're caring too much about what other people think. I think, Rod, you said it the best the other day. You know, if you value your personal growth, you should value your personal growth above all else, which includes above being like, being right, and most importantly, feeling comfortable. And I think it's the confidence that allows myself, at least in a lot of my situations, to lack when it comes to trying to get out of my comfort zone or doing something that's uncomfortable or even just having a, a conversation that I may not be as confident in. I have to acknowledge that this is okay. This is the right move. And this is going to allow me to grow personally, even if I don't have the confidence in doing it, get comfortable with not having that confidence. It's like you're growing up. It's a growing act, right? Right. And, and, you know, I'll give my, you know, I, threw, I asked you guys and I'll give an example for, you know, myself where I'm fragile. And, and part of it is there are times that I feel like I have a chip on my shoulder, right? Like I have to continue to revalidate myself or obtain validation from people that I look at equals, but then sometimes I, I feel that I don't get treated at equal. And, and then I tend to have this tendency to trying to, you know, show off or try to force and contribute my knowledge to kind of show that, hey, I'm at your level too. And like, I used, I mean, I recently actually kind of stopped doing that after, you know, trying to be more authentic and, and, and just really accepting this is who I am and why do I need validation from others? Like, I know what my capabilities are. I know what I can do. I'm going to try to have my work speak for itself instead of just me talking about it. And, and organically, if people acknowledge it, I think that's just so much more powerful than me trying to promote it too much. And um, obviously, there's like some limitations of promotions that you do need to let people know that you're out there and, and you do have knowledge, but I think there's a way of going about that for me. And I think it's actually just talking about the topic itself and actually showing and contributing the details of that knowledge instead of just saying like, I have this knowledge. And I think that makes me, I think that validates itself because I'm showing the depth and breadth of, of that aspect of knowledge in any type of technology or science that you know I'm learning. And, but I want to, um, so that's, that's one aspect of it. And then I guess I want to rewind that back. Like, Chirag, you talked about like mental toughness, right? And that's also easier said to, than done. Like, what do you think, like, what can we do to kind of build that mental toughness, right? Like, like, what should we be doing more to kind of build towards of removing fragility out of your life? I mean, I would, I mean, I would say focus, focus on your, your end goal and, and, and stop being, try to, not be as afraid of taking the steps that it's going to take to get there. And a lot of people can take the steps, but a lot of the steps they take are going to be what's within their comfort zone. So let's just say, even let's say a work situation, for example, putting yourself in uncomfortable client conversations. If talking to clients or if being in a client facing role is something that you aspire to do or you want to do, but you're not as comfortable doing, 
put yourself in a conversation with clients and know that, you know, you may not, you may, you may fail at this conversation, but know that that's not a failure. You're learning, you're asking the right questions. And so what can you do to make yourself feel more comfortable in uncomfortable situations? Focus on the goal. And if it's, if it's with someone other than yourself, ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions, right? I mean, it, it sounds kind of cliche, right? But like, no question is a stupid question, but a lot of people feel like they are, right? And, and that's the issue. And I think that to set yourself up for mental toughness, you have to take care of your, your mind and your body because that primes you to uh, deal with difficult situations well and I think also primes you to take the risks that you guys are talking about and put yourself out there. And that starts with things like meditation, you know, exercise, healthy diet, sleep, uh, healthy living. All those things are critical to make sure that we are prepared. At least that's what I do uh, in my life to help me, you know, take the difficult steps. You know, I was talking to someone yesterday when I we have a, I have a difficult email to send. I always try to put myself like maybe I'll work out beforehand, and then like the hour afterwards, when you have those highs and those endorphins and self confidence going, then you zap them all out and send them out because it's hard to do. It's hard to have that motivation and determination and mental toughness when you are tired, when you are feeling lazy, when. No, I I hundred percent agree with Summit. I, I sorry, Raj. I I just. I kind of danced around the whole physical aspect of it, but that is where mental toughness starts. It starts with yourself. Uh, my practice with regards to mental toughness, as you guys know, has been in, in fitness, CrossFit, or any sort of high-intensity interval training type of program really prepares you physically for attaining mental toughness, but just focusing on it physically. But um, but yeah, you're right, Summit. Like, I think those kind of those kind of relate over to non-physical things like an email you might be sending or a conversation you might be having. Another thing, Raj, I'll say is uh, just like a very basic practice that I've kind of once heard and, and I've kind of used myself is let's just say your morning alarm clock, like when that goes off and if you're like, hey, let's just take an exercise for an example. You're like, you know what, I'm going to start getting up an hour early and I'm going to do 30 minutes of exercise. I'm going to set my alarm for 6.30. Mental toughness really does start with waking up when that alarm rings. No matter how much you might despise it, not want to, feel however which way, the act of just taking action when that alarm rings, taking action on what you said you would do, I think in itself, over time, builds that mental toughness. That's a very small example, but it's a very, it's one that a lot of people can relate to. You know, I never really approached it that way. It's, it's This is like, actually kind of new to me i actually want to dig into this more because like for me to build mental toughness i'm always like you know like we talked about seeking discomfort right like you know put, really putting yourself out there etc having that curiosity of just you know keep asking questions but in reality like like today right now like i've been reading about anti-fragility in all these you know components related to it and and really reflecting but what summit brought up about like taking care of yourself health body and and nutrition and and meditation to have clarity that will promote the best version of self-reflection that's this is actually like a live new epiphany for me (laughs) right now (laughs) and 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 that's something that like actually a lot of people don't really talk about too much because they're they're talking about the other components on like how do you make yourself more vulnerable and then and then accepting failure and then really overcoming it right and like you have to fail more in order to build that mindset 
and then how you take it and making sure you're, you know, you're not emotional about it and taking that aspect out, out of it and just accepting it is what it is. But in order to get that or that mental toughness to get to that approach or even get to the point of putting yourself out there, like, I really didn't think that, you know, mental clarity is a good thing you need to have that you definitely need to have that and in order to do that it's like meditation etc like summit can you like give us a little bit more context about that because that this is like fairly sort of new when it comes to anti-fragility about it it makes sense and i'm not sure if anyone out there has like really spoke about it or like talked about it or you know wrote about it because i i haven't seen anything but like can you get yeah i want to go deeper in that one you know, I think just something small. I'll give an example. Just lunchtime right now, right? We all, a lot of people eat lunch around now in the work setting. So, you know, I used to, I, I changed up what I eat over lunch because I realized that what I was eating before was making me slower in the afternoon. You know, so I cut out a lot of refined carbs, cut out sugar, and cut out things for my lunch because I realized it was making me unproductive, at least for certain hours of the day uh, afterwards. I mean, there's just so many little steps you can take, care of yourself for the, uh, situations in which you need mental toughness. I will also say that I don't think, you know, anti-fragility is also about acceptance and accepting, you guys have touched upon this, accepting who we are, what we are, and what we've accomplished and not always trying to go for the next best thing. It's a little bit of a balance maybe between ambition and trying to be successful, but there's no end. There's no limit to the amount of money you can have or the amount of career success you can have, or the amount of followers you can have on Clubhouse and Twitter and Facebook. There isn't any end to that. But yet we all, to some degree, pursue that because that gives us validation in life. And and that's what Raj said earlier. And I think you have to draw limits. You have to say, you know, in some instances, when I achieve this, I'm happy. And beyond this, I'm only achieving for superficial reasons, whether it's money, status, recognition. I'm not actually doing this because it's contributing to my well-being, my long-term goals or well-being. And money is the hardest thing. I always hamper on this because every person I know, and I see it more in males than females, not to be sexist, but every, and especially successful people, everyone struggles with it. And you have to have some finite points and, and also that prevents you sometimes from taking other risks in life. And maybe Jarrah can talk about that, but, you know, and prevents you from having that anti-fragility mindset when you're so attached to having, having some, having a certain amount or just growing that uh, at all costs. Yeah. I mean, I, some, I mean, look, I think it's, it's difficult, right? It's easy, it, it's, it's easier said than done when you are, let's just say you're at X amount of followers and you're, and you're like to tell yourself that I don't need any additional followers, that there's no additional value in getting there. It's hard for somebody that's going after that next job or that next pay raise or whatever they're trying to go after for them to come to terms and say, you know what, what I'm actually trying to go after in addition to what I already have is all superficial. Like they're never going to think that it's superficial, right? They're always going to think that it's for a better reason than just super, like being superficial, right? So how do you actually come to terms with yourself to say, you know what, I'm content and I'm happy with what I have. And anything more than this is going to be superficial. I, I would say, it's, I, I, have you ever told yourself that what you're achieving in addition is superficial? I mean, it's hard for me to tell myself that, right? I think we all do to some extent, though. I think we do because we could always work more. We could always take a side gig and work more. So we all have limits. You're not working or none of us are working 20 hours a day, right? But we could. There's opportunities out there to make more money. There's opportunities for us to working out. We could do five workouts a day and not sleep. You know, we could 
we could constantly spend all of our time on social media, just promoting ourselves and trying to get more followers. But we all draw a limit. We're already doing it. I guess it's more about we, and we all like, let's say we may give to charity or we may let go of some money or gift a friend. We all already are drawing limits for ourselves as to saying, okay, I have access or this is enough. But are we doing that constantly? Are we doing that with all aspects of our life? Can we be better about that and shaving off the excess so that there is more, uh, going back to anti-fragility, there's more acceptance, more self-validation, more confidence, more mental toughness for the issues that really, that we really matter. I think it's like not drawing the line. It's just not to have a line to begin with, right? Because then you just have no expectations. Whatever happens, happens, and you're just okay with it, right? No, but then if you don't have a line, you're never going to be. You're never going to be satisfied. What, where, where, where are you going to draw the line of being content? I think Summit's point was good. It's like being. It's not something that's consistent, but it, we're already doing it today, right? Raj, like I would like we're already doing it today. And we're not even recognizing. I literally. That's a good epiphany for myself as well. Shaman. You're right. We are doing it today. We're drawing it. But there's just not conscious limits. I, I guess so. I, I mean, I'm a little bit confused about the limit aspect of it, right? Like for me is my limit is that if I know that I can do better and I, I definitely can do more, then I'm going to do it, right? I'm not going to, you know, be like there's, there's, a, there's a fine line difference between complacency and, and drawing the line that this is enough. Right. But you don't garage, right? Like sometimes you may, you know, your family may come first. You may say, well, no, my followers want me, my, uh, my PKS students want me. But, you know, you have to say, no, I cannot achieve any more in that because I need to spend time with my daughter. Actually, I struggle I mean, with that. I actually but, was talking but about you know, that. Line. You don't spend zero minutes with your daughter and 100% of your time with. And so there is line. I, I definitely do believe I could spend more time with family and and less time in work when you say like we don't all work 20 hours sometimes i feel like i'm close to that and i have like 20 <laughs> hours of- 22 hours fine whatever you want to call it, it doesn't matter it's 23 hours to be honest like for those who don't know like i only had two hours of sleep past night because you know i was talking to the tks students till like 4 a.m last night but it was like that that's been my issue because like I enjoy doing that too, but now I'm seeing like the negative effects of that, like on my health and like me spending time with family, et cetera. And like, I actually do realize that. And I guess like for me personally, like I struggle on drawing the line because like I have this like aspect of like, I can do more. Right. I like, I, I feel like, I don't know. It's, it's more of like, I do a lot and I always keep feeling like I can do more. And I guess maybe it's the aspect of FOMO or like, or ba- basically saying that maybe I'm not reaching my full potential. So I'm pushing myself even harder. And, and so like, yeah. how do you, how do you really like, what do you do to like, just kind of step back and be like, man, I need to draw the line. And then I guess it's probably health, right? Like health and, and like, what's like, how do you quickly recognize it? All right, Raj, I'm going to call you out just because obviously you picked this topic. But yeah, I totally see you doing that. Like that is <laughs> you like not being able to draw the line or taking something, even the smallest concept, and then having this like need to, you know, to blow it up. Right. And and there you go. Right. There you go with not having a line. And, you know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, right, with how, you know, this conversation between us three transpired into uh, now what we're doing now and now transferring to a podcast and so forth, right? 
And so, you know, the question I asked myself, because you, I think, responded and were thinking that we were potentially ungrateful for all the work that you're putting in and putting this together, which is, is the complete opposite. We're, of course, overly thankful for us having this opportunity now of bringing us all three together and then having everything created that you created around unconventional, right? But the question I asked myself is, are you sitting in the original intent? And if the original intent was for the three of us to have a more structured conversation that's on the calendar on a regular basis, we could have had a three-way call, right? Without obviously doing it through Clubhouse or anything else, we could have just had a three-way conference call. But if the intent was just for the three of us to get on a call on a weekly basis, what additional value does making a logo, putting on unconventional, making a website, what additional value does that bring in addition to that original content, uh, that original intention? Because for me, I can draw the line in that original intention. But at the same time, I can, I can be thankful for how your line is drawn much further or maybe not even having line. No, I agree. And I know that we had that conversation and like, and I think maybe that's what it is. Reminders, right? You guys reminded me that, hey, we started this for a reason to intend to force our, you know, our friendship to get together because we always do this over the phone and and we help each other grow. Like uh, for those who don't know, like we've been friends for almost over 30 years and, and we're bestest of friends. But like, I guess that you're right, right? Like you're absolutely right. I am not like disagreeing with you. And, and I think that's what my problem is, is like, I always have to take it to the next level, right? But they see, I well, think there's a benefit in that is that, you know, if you did take it to the next level, we wouldn't be so structured. We say, oh, I don't feel like it this week. Oh, I don't feel like it. You know, let's just, oh, let's delay it. So I think it's a balance between maybe, you know, the, you bring that ultra motivation, that ultra, let's take it all the way. Let's take it top notch. Let's go all out. Let's make this, let's get famous. Like with that lofty ideas, but you need that. You're a dreamer, you're a visionary. and that. I think helps the rest of us grow. But then maybe for other people, it's our job sometimes to bring you back a little bit. Like, okay, hey, make sure we got a good balance. You know, make sure this isn't like something that's stressful or making it actually building value to our own lives and, uh, and, and giving back. So it's a balance between all that. And I think that's what's the beauty of community, the beauty of diverse thought, the beauty of, of I think a lot of ways, social media sometimes. You can get into bubbles, but in general, I think it exposes us hopefully to more viewpoints and connecting with people that are different than us is one of the best things that I think we can do for our minds, our really our ambitions in life as well. Uh, to help yeah, I mean, I, I, just, I think it's hard, right? I mean, I think as entrepreneurs, I think, you know, I'd say I, I'd call myself an entrepreneur and I would say I aspire to be the type of entrepreneur that Roger is, right? And so if you're looking at Roger's mindset, I think it's really hard for to not to have that idea and run with it, right? Whereas I, I, I wouldn't be, I guess, I wouldn't question the intention if that was the intention from the get-go, right? If the onset intention was, these are the things we're going to do with this, I'd say, let's go, let's do even more, right? If that's, the, if, if that's the intent. And I don't know if it was, right? For me, it wasn't. But I think we can all be thankful that ultimately yours was, God, right? Because, you know, now you have Shay listening, you have Misha listening. I see all these listeners and speakers. They're learning from these conversations, you know, hopefully contributing, you know, in these conversations going forward. But, you know, the question I asked, Raj, is like, I think it's what you, I think what goes on in here, obviously correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like, you know, I, I don't need a compromise, I don't know, making a website for unconventional versus doing something else. I can do both. And in my eyes, I'm like, no, Raj, you know what? I'd actually have you not build a website and actually 
sit down with another TKS student, maybe schedule another talk with a TKS student. But for you, I think in your head, you're like, I can do both, right? <laughs> I don't have to sacrifice one for the other. Maybe. No, I mean, and that's what I've been doing, right? Like, I feel like I can do everything, right? Like run, you know, be part of EV Connect, be an advisory road, um, run another company, do FIBO, do TKS, do this podcast, right? Like I, you know, I definitely push myself to the next limit. And, and like part of me, I think it goes back down to like being fragile, right? I look what like Double's doing and all these people doing on Instagram that are my friends that are like now like legitimate like profiles and, and they're like, you know, like doing stuff with Martha Stewart and, and creating a skincare line, etc. And, and then for me, it's just like, dang, am I not pushing myself more and I need to do more in order to get to that level? Because I like, because I'm like, yeah, man, I got that potential. <laughs> like, you know, like I know I can do it. You're, you're also my double, right? You're also <laughs> like, so, so that there's always going to be that, right? Like, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm like, you're going to be like, oh, you're looking at double, and I'm going to be like, well, you're, you're my double, right? Right. <laughs> I think we're also, we got to go back to anti fragility. Anti fragility yeah. is not how successful, how worldly successful can I be? It has nothing to do with that at all. Zero. There's nothing to do with worldly success. There's nothing to do with career success. There's nothing to do with how much am I achieving? Nothing. It has everything to do with an internal mindset that says, I, no matter what happens to me in life, I will thrive. And that's all it means. It doesn't matter if you are, you have a less, you know, minimum wage paying job, or if you don't have a career, you stay at home. It doesn't matter how much money you have or how much career you have or how much you have you know so it's just kind of bring us back to what anti-fragility is right because we're all we're all ambitious i mean I, I bet everyone pretty much who's on clubhouse right now is ambitious right because it's a newer platform and whoever's on it wants to be a part of this big new thing and they they're you, you guys are you know whatever early adopters or etc you know but that's not what anti-fragility is anti-fragility is thriving even when you have stress shocks, volatility, noise, you make mistakes, faults, attacks, failures, and that happens in all aspects of our lives. And that is, I think, what really getting that Zen state of mind, like the Dalai Lama or other, you know, highly spiritual people can, are able to achieve a lot of times. So yeah. I don't know, so maybe is that going to really, is that mindset going to allow you to take more risks? Is that going to be allow you, is that going to allow you to fail more often? Like what, what's the, sure, the risk and failure are not just defined by risk and failure may mean Hey, I do something different with my kids today. It may mean, hey, I I talked to my I asked my wife another question that I was I, I didn't want to ask her. And there are so many aspects of risk and failure there, and we focus on career. We focus on outwardly measurable success, like Elon Musk. No, no, but, uh, <laughs> that no, is, you know, Elon Musk may not actually even have a lot of anti well, what's risk <laughs> He probably does, well, but well, well, what's risk and failure, Tom? Right? Because I mean, I would say you know my risk and failures operating out of your comfort zone in any respect mm -hmm. operating out of your comfort zone, I think is, is accepting risk and failure. Right. So how do you do more of that? Yes. But it doesn't That's always mean part. that you take you risk to become more successful or to fulfill more ambitions. Cause that's not what risk always is. Although that's how we classically define it because that's, we focus on those things that have material rewards, but we don't focus on the things that have internal rewards and really long-term happiness and rewards. So I don't know, just going kind of just making sure we, when we're talking about like comparing to other people who are more successful than us, they're only, you know, first of all, they're only successful on a, from a worldly material standpoint, which 
every science and data in the world knows that is not actually how you attain fulfillment and happiness in life. Yeah. Although we, 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 we strive for it because that is the easiest thing to measure. You can't measure, man, I'm really happy with my family. Well, there's no bank number or account number that uh, tells you, oh yeah, my bank account just went up, you know, $10,000 because I had a great day with my, with my family or my significant other or my friends. And so that's why we don't, it's like the things that are important, right? There's a quote, the things that are important can't always be measured and the things can be measured aren't always important. And that's yeah. really true. Here's another thing I just want to add quickly about risk, right? What you said, Chirag, I think you have to take risk because in order to obtain knowledge, I think that's a little bit different, right? If you're curiosity and you're not taking those risks to fulfill this knowledge and this curiosity like component of you, then then that's a different case scenario. So I think that risk and and you know really putting yourself out there is really about like a testing yourself and but also like being more curious and to obtain more knowledge and to obtain more data and to just learn more about yourself or about a specific topic. And I think that maybe we have to look at risk from that perspective instead of you're taking risk in order to, you know, try to obtain something or to be successful at something. Does that make sense? No, it should, the risk should be getting outside of your comfort zone. Like someone mentioned, it can be asking, you know, asking your, your friend a question that you don't really feel comfortable. But, but why? You're getting out of your comfort zone because you're trying to obtain knowledge. You right? are, but a lot of people, I think, I think a lot of people might have that internal battle in their mind of saying, you know what, the the additional value that I'm looking that I might gain from this isn't worth how I'm going to feel taking this risk. So you know what, I'm going to let fear win. And I'm, I'm and, and the knowledge is just isn't worth it for me, right? So how do you flip that script? How do you flip that narrative? And I think a lot of times, you know, we, the three of us might just be speaking from a place of entitlement and privilege of being able to take more risks or being able to, you know, uh, being able to not have the same fears as somebody else who might have more on the line for something, right? Again, it's it's all that that privilege and entitlement also is subjective. We focus on just monetary privilege, but that isn't the only form of privilege that exists, right? And we are, in some ways, minorities, uh, depending on especially where we live in America, and we have we lack privilege in that sense. So I think there's there's just so many. It it all fragility, anti fragility is a broad concept and applies to all aspects of our lives. We just tend to focus on the. I think monetary, okay, what career type of risk am I doing? But everyday risk, you know, in some ways we are prepared better for those, some ways we aren't. And I think, I, I love that Raj sent this out because anti-fragility is what we should strive for yeah. to succeed in all aspects of our life. Yeah. For everyone, regardless of how much money you have, regardless of what you, whether you have, what family structure you have, regardless of where you live, I think it's just an internal state of being that allows you to overcome the natural challenges that occur human life. Yeah, and you, and you started at the beginning of the conversation, right? Some of you said like it starts with the self, right? And it starts with mm-hmm. that greater, just having a greater sense of self-awareness. And mm-hmm. I think that's, yeah, that's where it starts. It starts with yourself. And that's also the concept of mental toughness. Mm, yeah. All right, then. So there you have it. I guess what holds you back in order to be anti-fragile, right? What do you do? I guess I will ask the audience to practice this mindset of anti-fragility. Thank you for listening to Unconventional. Until next time.